Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 471, recording live on Thursday, September 1st. I am one of your hosts, Mo. And I am the other host for now, Kyle. Where is everybody? Why did they abandon us? I don't know. They they're they're trying to use this excuse of a job, but who has one of those? They, yeah, I guess I guess since Sadrill's not on yet, I should make up some strange reason he couldn't be on he uh selling girl guy cookies yeah i think that that was his new job wasn't it he was going to take control of the girl guide cookie distribution yeah there's big money in it these days so <laughs> yeah and kelly well what is she which what's kelly doing i forget what is she not doing <laughs> <laughs> well there's that yeah <laughs> So we can get into the show and eventually, uh, hopefully, they'll join us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, so off the top, Slamfire Radio is looking for new sponsors for all our various uh, segments. Uh, if you'd like to get more uh, details and what's involved, uh, please email the show at slamfireradio at gmail.com and we can go over the details. Um, just to give you an idea, we between the various uh, platforms, we have uh, over ten thousand subscribers, so it's a pretty good, pretty good audience across Canada to uh, to sell your wares. And uh, we can get into what we did with guns. Uh, let's see who wants to go first. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> what did you do with guns this week? <laughs> well, see, I was hoping the other. You guys were going to be here because uh, I went hunting on the weekend and I was kind of thinking of doing a little bit of uh, story time with Hef on my uh, hunting trip on the weekend. Oh. <laughs> do, do you want to say, do you want to save it for next week then? No, I, I got the details <laughs> in my head. I'll do it. They, they just missed out on it. That's all. That's their I'm not saying I'm a great storyteller. I mean, I'm a horrible storyteller, but I'll give it my best <laughs> shot. <laughs> But uh, so Friday, uh, early afternoon, finally got my uh, shit together and got loaded up and headed out. And uh, so it was a couple hour drive out to where we were hunting and got my tree stand. This tree stand I haven't touched since I moved to Grand Prairie, so it hadn't been used in at least eight years. But I got that set on the tree I was actually planning on uh, doing from the week before on scouting I went up and uh, started setting up camp and uh, yeah, already kind of getting a little off because a side-by-side drove by with full of hunters. So I thought, great, that's awesome. More people in the area. But uh, then I realized I had my drone in my truck. So I sent that up in the air to see if they were going all the way down to 
where I was at. And no, they didn't actually. They were actually really good. They just drove past the campsite, went, checked out a couple of things, and then didn't see them the rest of the weekend. So hmm. I was really happy about that, that they saw another hunter was in the area and decided, okay, well, we'll go somewhere else then. But uh, Buddy showed up and we got camp set up there Friday night, had a couple brews and that, and then went to bed. Woke up in the morning, nice and bright and early. I think I crawled out of bed about quarter to five and uh, had a cup of coffee and Buddy wasn't out of the tent yet. So I hollered at him about quarter after five and now his back was all screwed up. So I just decided, loaded up my stuff and hiked down to the stand. The hike down to the stand was actually more eventful than usually is at that time in the morning because right off the bat, something, I still don't know what, something crossed the road. Just saw a shadow cross the road in front of me. But uh, a little while down the trail, like only probably not even 100 yards from where my stand was, I come down and around the corner, dropping down. This is an old lease road. Like it's overgrown, but like the only tire tracks are probably mine and my buddy Nick's going down there scouting. But uh, come around there and I saw some brush, some bushes rustling about 15 yards in front of me and then I heard a growl and then this figure took like two steps towards me and then thought better and ran up the hill to my left and it turned out it was a fox so that was kind of cool have a fox kind of try and do a bluff charge and <laughs> kind of had to laugh because I'm like well what does the fox say grr <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, with with Nick being in the tent and me waiting for him, I kind of got a little bit later of a start, but I did get set up in my stand and just in time for hunting light, just half hour before sunrise. I was up in the tree and all situated and set up. And yeah, I just sat there. Hour passed by and this, I usually like walking because walking, you're doing something, you come across stuff or whatever. I hate sitting in a stand because time just goes by so slow. Yeah. But uh, it was actually really funny because uh, like this was a morning of just emotions, it seems, because shortly after I was up in the stand and hunting lay, I think it was maybe 10, 15 minutes, probably 180 yards down the road, there was a black figure in the ditch and, okay, and stepped out on the road. Initial thought was bear. Okay. And it's walking across the road, and I could have swore I saw a long, thin tail. So now my mind's going. And I'm like, have I ever trying to think of what it could have been? Because it was got a long tail. Well, that's not a bear. It was black. Like it was black as day. And that, and like my mind's just going. Like, well, have I ever heard of a black cougar? And of course, you're out there just in the howling wind, just your thoughts, and it's like, okay, well. I don't think I have, but what else could it have been? But throughout the next hour, hour and a half, I I, had, I was hearing branches crunching down down the way, and then it was quiet for a while. And then finally, I think it was around eight, eight o'clock, quarter after eight. Just up to my left, I heard some branches crack or whatever, and I looked up, and there's this black figure, and it that time I I could tell no that was a bear 
<laughs> okay. It's right up on the top of this ridge. At that point, maybe 50 yards away. And then it turned to start walking down. Okay. Nice. Look at the path. Like The path was going to bring it right to the base of the tree I was in. And so I rushed going through my mind. Okay, well, I was going out for elk and moose. I've never actually, while I've always bought a bear tag, I've never targeted them. I keep the bear tag just in case something gets into camp. I can shoot it without any worries of having to deal with proving, hey, self-defense or anything like that. It's like, hey, got a tag for it. It's all good. But this is this is an opportunity that you just can't pass up. No. So I just I I make the decision. Okay, no, I'm gonna try for it. I've already been sitting in tree stand for an hour and a half. I'm already ready to get down, even though I should be staying up there. So it comes past behind a bush. So I grab my bow and I stand up, get my release on it, and but I I can't draw yet because it passed by that bush and. It can see me. <laughs> and it passed through the, the last bush before it's right at the base. And so then I I drew. And once it cleared that bush, she just kind of stood there and then looked straight up at me. I was staring her right dead in the eyes. <laughs> well, I was trying not to stare at her eyes, but she was looking right at me. And okay awesome i'm about to blow out this bear but apparently everything was fine put her head down and then took like two steps forward and it was just perfect got my sight alignment and whack. put the bear down <laughs> nice i just i just came into the middle of this amazing hunting yeah. story <laughs> well i dubbed oh, it uh, story time with half so <laughs> very nice um I rate so the bear actually ran a not even 30 yards. It was perfect because it was out across the old lease road and then into the ditch. I ranged the ground where she was standing when I shot, and it was five yards to the ground. So I figure it was a four-yard shot with my bow. And it though everything just worked out. I mean, we got the bear skinned and took the meat the meat's at the butcher right now getting a couple hams cured and a bunch of farmer sausage made and that and in alberta you have to keep the hide so that's going to be going to the taxidermist get a rug made up and get the skull polished and that but uh it did this the whole thing was incredible because everything just worked out perfect coming down the hill and the the setup like not even the setup just how it all played out and then i just was able to make the perfect shot well it's not i don't theme it the perfect shot it was a perfect shot but i like eating heart and the heart just exploded you know like this is heart the meat's not that great well no i i like eating heart i i've never had I, this is my first bear really i've never targeted bears so but these iron wheels, like that was the first animal that I, the, I don't know if people remember, I bought these broadheads last year, but didn't actually shoot anything with my bow last year. But yeah, that just incredible, incredible weekend. And that's, that's what I did. I'm 
it's going to be a hot weekend, so we're not planning on going camping. Maybe Sunday night we'll go out camp out Sunday night, so head out for Sunday, Monday. But Saturday is supposed to be 30 degrees here, so we're pro- just talking to my buddy today. We're going to probably take Saturday off, but go hunt Sunday, Monday potentially. But yeah, that was that's what I did, and it wasn't even guns. So <laughs> it's a good story, though. Yeah. I tried to make good it hunt. interesting. I mean, <laughs> good hunting story. Yeah. How about you, Mo? Now that Adriel's still scrambling around. <laughs> yeah, no problem. My segment is short, but I'll. I'll uh, uh, so I went to an Ipsic match at the at the Masca Club in Saint Dominic, Quebec. Uh, it was seven stages. It went, uh, it went very well. I was happy with how I shot. I was with uh, my friends, Louie and Lisa again. Uh, it was nice because for me, it was between 15 and 16 degrees. And I think that's my favorite shooting, shooting, uh, temperature. Cause, uh, you know, you're not cooking out there. You're not freezing. It wasn't raining. So yeah, perfect, uh, perfect yeah. conditions and uh oh, yeah. 15, it was little... 15 to 20 is is nice for shooting for sure oh yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, i'm actually enjoying the morning and morning shooting because i used to always sign up for the afternoon squads and now i've been doing the mornings lately and uh and it's been good i enjoy that um i have the uh i'm driving to valcartier tomorrow afternoon with my friend louis because the uh quebec provincials are this weekend uh, we are working on Saturday afternoon and then, uh, we shoot on, on Sunday. So that should be, that should be fun. This week I got the best envelope in the world the, with the green paper. That can, that oh came yes. In. And it's you all know what the, the green uh, paper means. <laughs> yeah. The green paper. And it's for the, uh, the bull armory that, uh, I got last week. So it already came in, which is really wow. great. Nice. Um, yeah. So now I actually could take it to the take it to the range uh, to test it out. I don't think I think I mentioned it last week. I don't think I'm going to shoot because uh, it's going to be a classic division pistol, obviously. And uh, so I'm going to try it at some winter matches, right? But I'll I'll shoot it a little bit before before we get there. And what I didn't mention on the show last week uh, when I showed it is when I bought it, I didn't know if it was going to be the bushing barrel or the bull barrel. And to be honest, when it was listed and it was available, I didn't really care. So I just went ahead and bought it. And I'm I get, I'm not an expert on which is better. And I guess there's debate on, you know, which belt barrel is better for accuracy and all that stuff. So it ended up being the bushing barrel, which I'm totally fine with. And I just, I never mentioned it last week. So I don't know if you guys have an opinion on uh, bushing versus uh, bull, but um, that's what it ended up being. And I'm totally cool with it. So. Doesn't it make um, disassembly easier if it's a bushing bar- barrel? Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it disassembles like a I guess a traditional 1911, whereas the the uh, the bull one there's a there's a little hole that you have to release and then and then the and then yeah. the barrel comes out. I haven't actually disassembled it yet, but the way I the way I mm-hmm. understand it, anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I know my 2011 has a bull barrel, but it's got the toolless guide rod, guide rod too. So that's super easy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's really it for me. And then we can get into the latecomer segment. By the way, you were selling girl guide cookies, and that's why you were. Oh, uh, so. yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Or if you're listening to Trevor, you're in jail for stealing girl guide cookies. Stealing girl guide cookies, yes. <laughs> I don't think I would be caught with that. I don't think they would be able to catch me. No. Yeah. No. Those girl guides, you just shove them with by the face, push them down to the yeah. ground, take the cookie. Finger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, but I don't know where you're going with that, but okay. On yeah. the forehead. Uh, On the forehead, okay. they can't reach okay. you. <laughs> hey Joe, you don't want to get any more hate comments, do you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Someone's try not to make try not to make enemies this week during your segment. Please. Okay. Okay. Uh, now you now you're t- tempting me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went. Uh, I went coyote gopher hunting. Uh, I was. I've got a, an aunt who's got some coyotes, but uh, I, I picked the wrong day because her daughter was having her twenty first birthday, and they were doing it outside <laughs> with a bonfire. So. Uh, no coyotes to be had. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you do the uh, went, black powder? No, I brought like uh, I think I brought my 17 HMR. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I did find a fantastic spot to set up a uh, like a kind of a trap for them and, and call them in. So I'm going to be using that soon uh, to uh, to try again. Nice. Um, I went gopher hunting. Shot some, uh, not too many, just a couple of them, just like. 10, 10 gophers. There weren't really gophers? a lot of them out. Yeah, hmm. like on a busy day, it's uh, like 500 on a busy day. Yeah. Uh, today was not a busy day, but uh, that was okay. And then I went to all these small town gun shops like Frontier Bay, like all these tiny little gun shops around Alberta, and I found some stuff. I found number 11 percussion caps. For muzzle loaders, uh, which oh, no one's selling, no one, no one's selling them. Can't find them. Try like all the classic places. No, no, nothing. Where this tiny little place here had some of that gold right there. Mm-mm-mm. And a reasonable price too. Look at this, five ninety nine. And up that, that that was the only one they had of the number elevens. I got the number tens as well because they're kind of close, but uh, the number tens were twelve bucks. More recent. Newer pricing on there. What else did I get? I picked up a, I picked up another mag, uh, one of the five nine seven mags for my ten twenty two adapter, the Remington ones to try that. Uh, it didn't go so well, so I don't, I don't think that's going to work for me. Uh, oh, and now that I got those caps, I can actually use my capper. So this is, uh, this is one of the traditions cappers. The idea here is, I don't know if you saw those things. Those caps are tiny, so with this thing, you just kind of like push up on it. And, it's, and lose uh, <laughs> it's supposed to retain that. Yeah, yeah. There he goes. And it kind of like holds the cap like that. You slide that onto the gun's nipple, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's how you cap it. So, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Lynx 180. Got that in the mail. So, uh, this lower here is the uh, the Lynx 180 lower. It's on my MCR upper, which is practically brand new. Not as brand new. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's the Magpul Jukov stock folding, if you uh, if you will. So you can fold that guy over. It's got a nice click on there. And uh, yeah, I like it. So I'm, I'm running, uh, oh, what's this? Timney, what's the Calvin Elite, right? Yeah. Uh, no mods required. Just went right in. The slot on nice. the bottom there is big enough. Uh, it uses AR trigger pins. So I went with some anti-rotation pins on anti-rotation. 
Anti -walk. The cap hits on anti walk, anti walk pins. Yep. Um, and uh, an AR safety. So no more nice. of the other style. You oh, but you AR didn't get safety. the 60 degree. My buddy's got one. I'm gonna I'm gonna be stealing it off of his gun. His gun's like <laughs> in in lockdown. I'm gonna one of these days I'm gonna go over to his place and while he's not looking, I'm gonna disassemble it and boop, pop that one out, put my 90 degree back in there. He'll never notice. But uh oh I had one of my kids was trying it out. Oh yeah, look at that. Ooh, 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 ooh. Change the length of pull on there. Maybe a little bit more. <sighs> mm -mm -mm -mm. Looks good. Good functionality. Killer trigger on there. Can't wait to take it out to the range. Uh, and that was the one they bought. They also sent me one of the buffer tube versions. So I have this, that one nice. right here. Oh, just to nice. uh, review, muck around with. So you uh, this is their, this, that one. Yeah, I got a trigger tech in that one. And my, yeah. uh, my release is on there as well. You can just literally swap it between them. So this is the one I'll use for the official review, whereas that one's like mine for for other things but the magwell on them is different so whereas on the past ones they're kind of this flat now they've got like a it's better angled it's beveled on the inside and all that kind of stuff and uh and of course it's it's quite thin and light because of just how they've made it so yeah well, i'm impressed that it didn't need any modification for the kelvin elite yeah yeah now if you want to run your if you want to run your bolt release uh, you might have to mod that um, with this Timney trigger, just the way that the Timney sits really high. No, wait, this is a trigger tech with the trigger tech one. It just sits really high and, uh, and you do need to mod like grind down the bottom of your bolt release, but you had to do that with all oh. of them before anyways. Hmm. That's like, okay. no change. I'd already done that to this one, so I didn't have to do it. So, but it, but it's still very tight. Uh, yeah. So I'll probably run that. Uh, had a three gun match coming up shortly. Uh, I got through the CFP. It took like a lot of calls, but not hundreds. Uh, I called, I called like, uh, just on the amateur circuit, like just like five times a day. And then one day came up and like, you know what? No, this is getting done. And I called and I called and I called and I, I called 20 times and I logged, uh, I think about an hour and a half on hold and, uh, and I got through and I'm like, Oh, I'm here. All right. I text the other guy. I'm like, game time, game time. Get ready for a call. I'm conferencing you in. So we uh, we did the transfer, and then I conferenced him in for his part, and uh, and we got that part done. So that was that uh, Terra TM9 yet transfer. So that one's mm. uh, that one. The transfer started. Nice. I need to call the Alberta CFO and be like, Yo, what about my other guns? They're with you, I right <laughs> hear. Why don't you get those done? Because I want to play with them. I want to shoot those guns. Yeah. Uh, I have a ton of flashlights along the way, so I got a, uh, oh, was it Olight or Phoenix? One of those guys would reach out to me like, you want to review some flashlights? I'm like, actually I do. And I'm going to review all the flashlights. So I got like the most common, like regular size flashlights. Do I have any in here? I don't have any in here, but, uh, I got a buttload of them coming. So I'm going to have like a buttload of, uh, high power flashlights, everything from like, well, at the low end right now, it's like 1,500 lumens, which is like still quite a bit. At the high end, 3,300, 3,400. It's hot. Put it on your hand. Yeah. It's like immediately hot. But uh, yeah, I got some of those coming for review. Uh, and then I don't know if I if I let people know on the last show, but I was looking at those those like folding shotguns. I 
and there's like 12 gauge and 20 gauge and 410 gauge. And I just go on of each just, uh, just to, <laughs> so. nice. 410, 20 and 12 gauge with the rail on the barrel that I can put the one X optic on mm. or red dot that I could, I don't know. One of my buddies was like considering shooting a, a deer in that special zone. Yeah. So maybe that'll be. So here's a question on that mm-hmm. uh, slug zone. Does your black powder count? Yes. Okay. I'll probably use it because especially now that I got the right caps and I'll get like consistent ignition with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just cooler. Yeah. It's way cooler. That would yeah. be wild. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm probably going to push for that anyways. Actually, I was at the location and uh, it's super easy to see the deer trails. They're like, they're like mowed over and yeah. 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 So I left my, uh, I left one of my pop-up blinds out there and mm. uh just kind of for them to get used to it and yeah i'll be shooting them in a month and a bit right nice. no not a month and a bit a month no a month and a bit general season over no 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 oh, the no, end no. of it's, oh, it's okay. a special it's a special season uh it's pretty much general it's just like a, a weekend or something like that in october and then it's on to general but it's so close to my house that i can just like zip out there for even a day and uh mm. Go do some damage. Nice. Maybe mornings before work. There know. you go. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Depends how early, I guess. Hey. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's getting light later then, so mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were probably other things, but I got to writing my notes late, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. That's good stuff. I don't think you offended anybody today. Maybe the yeah, there's still lots of show left. Yeah, there, yeah, there's still yeah. lots of show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted. Uh, we'll get into uh, upcoming events. I guess I won't read the first one because uh, that's um, today. Today, uh, Maple Seed <laughs> events are available at mapleseedrifleman.com. Lots of upcoming uh, events for that. Uh, there's one Fort Back, Alberta, September 10th. Atlanta Marksman Association, September 16th. And I'm sure there's uh, a butt, butt load more. That's the uh, correct measurement. Yeah, yeah. That's correct measurement. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's an ORPS match at uh, Lower Trent Valley, Ontario, uh, September 4th. I guess that's this weekend. <laughs> the TACCOM Canada show is coming up uh, next weekend, uh, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. I'm sure that's going to be a good time for, for people traveling in to, to, for the show. Um, the Ontario Rifle, Rifle Association is back at CFB Borden for 2022. <laughs> Dates and details will be surely posted at uh, OntarioRifleAssociation.ca. Uh, Ladies Days, Kelly, known as the CCFR Women's Division, is looking to support, sponsor Ladies Day events at your range. This is a range-driven initiative, but if you'd like to sponsor, if you would like sponsorship and support, contact Kelly at slamfireradio at gmail.com or info at farmsrights.ca and uh, get some help on putting on some great ladies events. Uh, In our news section... We have that the RCMP has a new web services portal for doing uh, for requesting ATTs online. So mm-hmm. I think that's not that we want to necessarily get ATTs. 
at least it's uh, something to make our lives a little bit easier, I think. Maybe. I'd like to see what the turnaround time is because that's just like email. It just gets dumped in a thing. I'd like to see what the turnaround time is on these ATTs. Okay. You know, Generally, for, I've for, been for, getting for, mine through email. Like, I, yeah, I me get too. my ATTs me through too. email. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always just called up, hey, need an ATT. And yeah, I usually have it that day through email, but calling up seems to have been the quickest. But is it? Like yeah, to no, see the in, turnaround time. In Quebec, I generally get it within a couple hours. And uh, I always have a PDF pretty much half filled out. And then I just make some changes and bam, shoot it off. And it for me, it's been a pretty, I guess, easy process. But nice. we'll see how it goes. And then I guess we got some uh, some updated news from one of the, the listeners was mentioning earlier. Kyle, you want to put it up or if you still... Yeah, sure. I just scrolled up in our comments. Uh, we had some comments from E-Legal Canadian right before the show started that uh, Springfield Sportsman, Sports Club just beat the New Brunswick CFO's appro- appeal. They have fought for your rights and won twice, thanks to them and everyone who are make it all possible. I'm guessing that's what you meant to say. They're all fighting for all of us. Uh, so yeah, they challenged... They won against the CFO. CFO appealed. They went back to court, and I guess they've won a second time. And yeah, both times the judge stated that the CFO exceeded their authority and struck down all the illegal conditions the CFO imposed. So congratulations to them. Yeah, definitely. That's great news. We need uh, more wins like that, right, for all of us, for all the ranges and clubs and yeah. Um, we have no new CCFR legal donations, but, uh, if you'd like to help the fight with the, uh, court battle, uh, please, uh, donate through finance at farmsrights.ca. Uh, we will get into the new gun segment. I guess I want to have... add the, uh, MMP nine MP not 2.0 metal. Yeah. So I, I added that one, maybe insult cool. to injury, but there is a metal framed MMP coming out. Uh, so when can I purchase this, Kyle? As soon Never. as we change government or you move from the country. Ah, uh, I, I see. Yeah. Ouch. But uh, it's no longer a Tupperware gun. So, you know, if you're down south, maybe find one. Try it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and then uh what else i added that i added that that listing that that has the swear words in it um gotenda has tt33s for buy one get one free for 200 dollars, which means that those tt33s are 100 bucks each hence the swear word okay i have one in my cart <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if anyone else needs anything from Tenda. I guess we'll be making an order. Yeah, and that's it for. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a hundred bucks stuff. for the free one. <laughs> if you need to like, you need to do the transfer after the fact. I might. Yeah, I know. Them, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That is too good. Uh, I already have a toker, though. 
It's like, uh, there it is. That oh, M54. This is the better one. The TT33. Isn't it like the shorter grip, I'm... shittier one? But it's a hundred uh... bucks. It's a hundred bucks. What does tend to know that we don't? Are they trying to like get rid of all their stock before something comes in? When's the house rise? Two weeks? Yeah, I think it's like two weeks or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're just trying to empty the shelves. I can understand that. I wish they could assign, like, I, I wish I could buy them and have them transfer to someone else for that second one. Yeah. That would I don't be think cool. they'll let us, I don't think they'll let us do that. Do I want tell to? Tell them. Well, you could say, like, hey, we're helping you empty your shelves. Here's the two. <laughs> it's two transfers. I don't know. Yeah. I find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listener Raphael mentioned Crusader Arms new AR-180. I haven't seen it. Have you guys? Oh, I did. Uh, they went with an ACR stock on it, and it looks way better. It kind of have this, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Nautilus style, like, forend on it that looks like a submarine. It was huge. And the ACR on the back is way better. Oh, Mike, of course. We missed the Ruger 5.7 Carbine, too. Oh, guys, yeah, we split, did, yeah. Split. I just started a new job. Sorry. Sleep at the wheel. Didn't add the new gun <laughs> stuff. And there's been all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Ruger made this new 5.7 carbine that does the magazines in the mag well. Mm. Mm. I didn't Very even neat. take that close of a look at it. I know I got tagged in a post about it, but. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, we'll have to catch up for uh, for for next week then. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Just, just. You got it? it. (laughs) There she is. The Ruger LC carbine. That does look interesting. I kind of like it. You know what? It's just your 5.7 with like a barrel on it, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Clearly see, that's just the the Ruger 5.7. Yeah. And a ugly, stupid looking stock. (laughs) But the the rest of it's cool. I I like the, you know, it's. A little bit high. That barrel looks like quite low in there. It does, but, doesn't it? Uh, who cares? Yeah. Hard anodized. One Ruger 5.7 steel pistol magazine. It's totally their 5.7 that they made turn into a rifle. It's too bad that stock's. Is that a bad thing? No, I don't think so. No. I mean, if you wanted okay. to uh if you wanted to shoot PCC. And shoot it with five seven. Uh, you can use your Ruger five seven pistol and this for your PCC, like for three gun, right? You two yeah. of your guns would would use the same mag. Uh, if you have uh, too much money, this would be the perfect uh, opportunity yeah. to use them. Five point nine pounds. It's nice and lightweight. Yeah. Uh, Twenty plus one capacity in Freedomville. Uh, <laughs> does, does yeah. Apply to Canada. Yeah. Uh, no, looks cool. Looks cool. That's my new gopher gun. I like the <laughs> speed out of it. What is what is five what does Ruger 5.7 compare with for speed and bullet size? Half you must know. You've been looking at this, right? I, I haven't not to know it offhand, to be honest. Huh. It, okay. Well. I started looking at ammo prices and real and knew it was a novelty gun, so <laughs> hmm. Because yeah. you're almost a dollar around, if not over a dollar around. So. Oh, yeah, that's the one that you got to get for. Uh, you got to get the blue yeah, tips but... because, 
Yeah. Set like five, five, six, like two, two, three is uh, what, 70, 730 yeah, bucks about, right now per, per thousand. Yeah. I think at average, you're sitting probably around 75 cents around right now for, for that. I think. Oh, like a 23 grand. Like, okay, that's a prototype though. So 27 or 31 green bullet going at pretty quick. That this is probably out of a pistol barrel, right? Yeah, I wonder what happens oh, when probably. you put that. Oh no, test barrel length ten point five inch. Okay, that's so that's a that's a long inch okay. barrel. Yeah. Uh, twenty five hundred feet per second. Twenty seven green. That's not bad. Like twenty twenty five hundred oh. feet per second. That's not bad. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Has anyone checked? Like, what's a nine mil going out of a uh, PCC? Uh, the uh, staff researcher is looking it up right now. Yeah, seventeen hundred <laughs> FPS. Oh, so you're, yeah, okay, you're gaining not a whole lot then. No, no like nine. Well, you would have still gaining to... like nine hundred, depending on what you're using. I mean. Not even because you get American Eagle oh, one forty sevens. They're doing eleven, so that's with plus P. Oh, yeah, okay. Thinking stuff, yeah. Uh, 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 they said, well, it'll increase by one to two hundred FPS. You guys are really putting me on the spot with this research, though. <laughs> yeah, increase your re- your velocity between one hundred and two hundred twenty FPS, depending on the powder. You could probably okay. make you could probably make ammo for a PCC that would give better like a uh, better velocity by using like a slower powder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You could use a slower powder because you got the barrel length to burn it up. So makes sense. Yep. Neat. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for Mike to keep us on our toes and pointing <laughs> that one out. And for tonight's main topic, our special guest, Sean Hansen, owner of freedom ventures, President of Atlantic Marksman Association and Regional Director for Ipsic Canada. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks very much. So there's much to talk about, of course, lots going on these days. Uh, but you're just coming off hosting the Ipsic Nationals at your your home range in uh, in Nova Scotia, and I'm sure there's much planning that went into that. And I have a lot of respect for all the match directors across Canada that put on these matches, but I can only imagine how much extra effort goes into an event as, as large as the Nationals, especially after being off for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. there was. We started planning in November of last year for this. Wow. Um, a lot of work went into it. Uh, the fact that we hadn't had one for the last two years due to the COVID issues, uh, we, you know, a lot of pressure on to make sure that this is done right and set a good example, gets us on a good foot moving forward. Um, but I would like to point out right away that I was co-match director. So there was both myself and the head of NROI, NROI Canada, Jim Smith, who was the match director as well. So, and then we had an amazing team here at the Atlantic Marksman Association that helped us get it done. Yeah, no, for sure. One one person could definitely not put on even a even a level one or two match, right? You always need no. uh, help in the background. So, yep, yep, yeah. No, we um, we we our our people here really stepped up and got everything done, which was fantastic. Um, uh, we had people pop out of the woodwork that said, "Hey, I don't think you thought about this." 
let's do that as well. And, you know, naturally it's, that's a great idea. Um, it's, uh, and, and the stuff you have to think of, I mean, you start off with basics, trophies, stage designs, and, you know, registration, but then, you know, how have we got enough toilets? Are they being emptied early enough? Yeah. Um, have we, have we, you know, have we got tents for the vendors. Have we got food for the vendors and the officials? Um, is, did we have enough I, halfway through the match? I went, where is all the black tape going? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, uh, but so lots of hard cover hits then. Oh yeah. Lots of hard cover hits. <laughs> I think in the end we figured out that basically what they were doing was they're pulling out a long string of, of patches to go down and put one on and then leave the sheet down there. Oh. So, okay, gotcha. But wow. it was just like I was doing the math going, there's no way that they they've used this many black patches. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, okay, off to, off we go get more. Um you know, we did the the uh, the awards. Everything got we we made a little oops on the awards. We uh, missed uh, the category awards, so um, we had a you know um, we're we're getting those done right now by the trophy maker, so we can send them out. Uh, it was a slight, you know, all the things that's always a possibility of a slight oversight. The bonus oh, of it though, the, yeah, the bonus of it though is now we know who was getting the awards, so I got to put their names on them. <laughs> nice. I guess that's yeah. a. Uh, little extra bonus for those guys getting yeah Yeah, a little thank you for waiting (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what were some of the um extra challenges for this particular nationals versus uh ones in the past in terms of travel restrictions things things like that we weren't having a big problem with travel as much as we were having rental cars there was when people first started registering for the match there was no rental cars at all nothing and they needed a way to get around um uh the rental car companies during COVID had all dumped all their stock because they didn't have any customers and now when they're back in business they're um uh the manufacturers can't catch up and get them vehicles so in the end it all worked out because we kept saying to people when you get here try and rent a car because likely they just won't take your reservation or uh, they're getting, or they had a cancellation or they've, and everybody seemed to be able to get to and from the range, but that was a nightmare. And people were very concerned about it. Um, nope. The hotels weren't a problem. Um, everybody spread around flight wise, all the bad things that are happening in Toronto right now didn't seem to just get started at that point. So we did have a few people that had some cancellations and naturally we're like, well, whenever you get here, we'll accommodate you. Um, that's you know, it, it's what we have to do these days. So that wasn't a problem. Um, but, oh, and then there was the price of everything. Uh, lumber has gone up exponentially. So building the walls, building the props and everything else, way more expensive. Um, uh, buying any kind of supp- targets, Targets have gone up ridiculously expensive. Um, everything's gone up in price. So trying to keep the budget working was was quite a challenge too. Yeah, that's definitely some stuff that most of us wouldn't think about that, you know, the added cost to everything. Oh, yeah. And, times, right? 
and our goal was to try and keep this at a reasonable price. Um, uh, we, the match entry was $240 and that was, you know, we didn't want to exceed that. We wanted to keep it reasonable. Um, we didn't want to get anywhere near the $400 range or anything like that. Uh, last time we had hosted the nationals, it was in Quebec and I think it was almost, it was over 300. And yep. we know for a fact that it's always going to be more expensive in certain places. Uh, when there's more that has to be done in Quebec, we were doing some neat stuff with Valcarci Range. So um, the uh, a little more expensive, but we knew Nova Scotia our costs are less. So we were, that was our goal to try and run it less. So overall, would you say you were you were pleased with uh, with how it all, everything turned out? I'm the last person who wants to say ring my own bells or our own bell and say, we did a fantastic job, but we did a pretty good job. My goal, we had no arbitrations. Um, I didn't see any run upset on the range or having big issues or anything like that. We really didn't have to deal with any big problems during the match. So to me, that, that says it was a success. Um, The fact, the fact that my helpers afterwards came to us and said, I, we're ready to do it again already um, says we didn't burn them out at least. So that was yeah, a success. Yeah. So um, no, nobody yeah, no, quit. Right. Well. So that's <laughs> nobody quit. There were no, during the building, there was no arguments and no battles on the ranges. <laughs> and the, uh, and the dumpster stage went well. <laughs> the dumpster stage went well. Um, you know, it was funny. The, um, Ipsic themselves when we were getting level three approval couldn't understand it and they they were they were against it we said it it's really something that we did at our first first or second nationals in the 90s early early 2000s with first times we hosted it was we're just really doing it as kind of a replica of it so that'd be neat i mean it was only four targets simple and easy but uh yeah it, it worked out if you, if you don't mind, explain for, for people listening that aren't into IPSC or don't know what ha- what the stage was about. Can you explain how it was uh, set up? Yeah, sure. So we had built up a mock dumpster. One of our guys had even gone on Amazon and ordered up a bunch of plastic roaches that he had attached to everything. Um, <laughs> uh, the lid lifted up and um, you shot out of the dumpster at four targets. Uh it was a self-start stage, so you actually crouched down inside, and we had the back end wide open so the RO could get nice and close, um, but you held the timer, and you started on your own. So a lot of people would be standing there waiting for the beep and realizing, oh, yeah, right, I, I make the beep. Okay. So <laughs> the, chal- the ROs at first were like, uh, what are we going to do if somebody stands up and then releases the beep? We said, well, you're the RO. Don't let them do it just stop them. So it worked out pretty good. We didn't have any complaints about it or anything like that. Good. So how, how did that work then? Did they, they they start themselves with a timer and then just put it on the bench they're sitting on or it it was, it was strapped to the side of the dumpster. Oh, okay. Right in front of them. So like, I mean, it it was, it was one of the yellow ones from are you ready? And it had, uh, and those timers, the ones that you hold uh, and when you release it, it starts. So it's perfect for this situation. And we uh, used uh, some webbing and strapped it to the inside of the dumpster. Oh, nice. That's yep. very nice. Cool. 
so for this one, I did notice on the list there weren't too many international shooters. Uh, so I guess you didn't get the same Americans and and uh, parts of other parts of the world coming to come to the match. Why do you feel that is just the, the hassle of the travel? There was definitely the hassle of the travel. I mean, um, you know, you know what we're like. Uh, I imagine a lot of the Americans were just probably looking at it, going and saying. I'm not going to go through a Rive can or the uh, or the passport or check it or have the vaccines or anything like that in order to get here. Um, so we didn't get them and we didn't get the, the CZ team and uh, like we have in the past and some other uh, foreign competitors. But, you know, people just weren't traveling as much this year. So it makes sense. And besides that, we actually sold out and had a wait list for the longest time of just Canadians. So, you know, deep down, that's the guys that should be at our match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's and nice. We, and we have foreigners. And we have a lot of great shooters in Canada. Like it's uh, from uh, across Canada. We have so many great shooters. So it's, it's definitely oh, nice ever? to see. Yeah. And you see, that's, that's, that's part of the other thing. I, I will tell you, we did get one U.S. shooter come up. Um, his name is Troy McManus. He's the actual... Uh, director of NRY in USPSA. So he's good friends with our head of NRY in Canada. So um, the two of them came up and worked together. Um, and Troy was a fantastic CRO on one of our ranges. And uh, we get to show him how IPSC does stuff. And, and he'll tell us how USPSA is doing stuff. We get to share that way. So that is was fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, 300... Oh, 350 competitors, I think, is what we had room for. And yeah. it just, like, we, we had people contacting us on the wait list, and we're doing everything we can to get their slots. Um, this year was the first year we had implemented um, a different registration system for the Nationals than we did in previous years. Previous years, we had held spots for the provincial teams, and they got in first, of course. And then after that, the people that were coming in was everybody gets a chance when registration goes live. So it was just one big race online. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some complaints about that, some comments from our, our bigger sections who said, you know, that doesn't work out. So we changed the structure to um, allowing more weight to the bigger sections to get their slots so that, you know, we actually balance matching what our membership is across the country. So it was up to the sections to actually dole out the slots to our uh, to the competitors that wanted to go. Oh, okay. So here's a question then. Have you had uh, room for 350? How how big was the wait list? I think at one point it was up to 30 people. Oh, okay. And then it would just and it just kept like go down and go up, go down and go up, go down and go up. As we get people <laughs> drop in and out, we we were very very generous due to COVID. We didn't. Um, a couple things we didn't do. We didn't run a banquet. And the reason was we, we got this in November of last year. We didn't get, uh, normally we would know about it even sooner than that. So there wasn't a lot of banquet facilities available last year, in November. And then we also had no idea what the COVID situation would be come this time of year. So we, we decided we just, we just order a couple thousand wings and, and had, and had some drinks, uh, some pop and people could bring beer at the, at, for after the range when we handled some awards. So that worked out good, but we'll we'll probably go back to a banquet now that things have settled down. Right. Uh, is there anything that Ipsic could do to increase how many people 
could attend? Well, like maybe over the, more days or I know everything's a struggle, but <laughs> there is the challenge, right? We could have more days, but that means our officials are going to work more days. And, you know, after four days, they're, uh, they're dragging their butts a little bit because they've done a hard, a good, good job and worked very hard. Um, we get more, um, we hope to, to actually at this, ex, we were hope to expand the Atlantic Marksman Association facility and add two more bays for this nationals. But um, we got a surprise when we at, talked to our landlords, Department of Natural Resources, and they said in order to get approval, we had to have uh, Aboriginal approval and environmental approval. And those approvals took a lot longer than we thought than we were thought they would. We, we didn't even know they, that would have been a problem because last time we expanded, we didn't have to do any of that stuff. They just said, mm. they just said, whatever trees you cut down, you got to pay for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, they didn't get, we didn't get that done in, in time. And we're probably going to shelve building those extra bays. Now we aren't running the nationals, but giving us 10 bays would have given us more capacity and a little quicker flow. Um, so uh, range that has, more bays could give us some more. Um, but yeah, then it's ex- extended. And then possibly the other question is, do we do two nationals and break it up? Um, one being the optic nationals and one being the, the iron sight nationals or something like that. So yeah, more along the lines of what USPSA does. And right. Yeah. 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 Now, I mean, the, the thing about the Canadian nationals is we always move it around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and within the board, we always discuss, we try really hard to, and hope that someone actually um, offers to run it on like another side of the country so we can move around. Canada, unlike mo- most other places, we're so big. And, you know, with the nationals, I get to see the shooters from British Columbia, who I don't, it would be a n- nightmare of a long, long trip for me and everything like that to go out there and shoot with them. But the Nationals, we all get a chance to get together. And certainly that was another thing about the, you know, two years since we had last held it. There were a lot of friends who hadn't seen anybody, you know, mm-hmm. their friends in almost three years, right? So yeah. that was fantastic for me that first day. And I get to see uh, Don Chang and uh, Randy Fisher come over from BC. And, uh, it, you know, last time I saw him was in Quebec. And, and, you know, that was fantastic. The boys from Alberta, Saskatchewan, it, it was great. Yeah, it's a big family reunion, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Um, bef- I wanted to get into the farms uh, business side of things. Before we do, though, how did you get into uh, M6 shooting and competitive shooting? Did you grow up with farms? Is this something that you've done for a long time? My father was into firearms, so I grew up with them, yeah. Um, he and I, uh, He and I did a little plinking a lot and and what happened was uh, we both joined a gun club, a local gun club in uh, late 80s when I graduated university and had enough money to start playing. Um, and he bought a Springfield Armory pistol. And inside the box was a, um, a little brochure that talked all about USPSA shooting. So then we started oh. asking around and we found out Ipsic was here in Nova Scotia. So we, we, we got that. We uh, took the black badge and it was at Adelaide Marksman Association, which is really the strong Ipsic club in the area. And we switched clubs because that's where we could shoot that. And, you know, that was it. So over 30 years ago. 
Nice. Yeah, that's some time. Yep. But it, well, IPSC's been very good to me. Through it, I actually, because I was in a corporate world long before I did what I do now, and we're going to talk about my business, but um, through it, that's how I actually started uh, the business. Um, I was in the Philippines at the World Shoot, and I met David Skinner, the owner of STI, and huh. became friends. Nice. Yep. Well, before we get into the business stuff, because I know Mo wants to touch on that, I uh, mm-hmm. and forgive me, Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I know that the Pistol Worlds team has been selected for a number of years as it gets put off and off and off because of the pandemic situation. But yeah. uh, what about now, because we haven't had been able to have a second Shotgun Worlds, what is the situation there? Can you touch on that, on what might be happening for a world selection team selection for Shotgun Worlds? Well, we had one. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was and a fantastic was, match. Yeah, it was awesome. I had yeah. I had the greatest time. The the boys put on a fantastic match. Um, you know, um, Paul and Jordan and uh, Matt and those guys. Great match. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, great absolutely. Match. And I and we we've tried since since then to run another one, but um, COVID and uh, getting people that were available to do it. Um, Paul is very, very busy at work, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So we've tried to get, so naturally we'll use that shotgun nationals as a ranking. Um, mm-hmm. if we can get another one in, that would be great. Otherwise we'll do what we possibly can. Um, yeah. you know, the, the NEC will use some common sense and how they s- select, uh, but you know, without a doubt, we'll have a team going to the next world shoot for a shotgun. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. just wanted to ask that one. Cause I know I'm. I'm looking forward to that match for sure. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, the last time the guy, everyone went to the World Shoot uh, Shotgun World Shoot, they they said they had a very good time, and it was a very good match too. So, yeah. right on. So we want we got in, wanted to get into um, into your store, Freedom Ventures. Um, I'm the proud owner of a brand new Bull Armory 1911 racer, which I'm totally in love with. So, which I bought from you guys. Um, your store has a lot of great stuff, but I would say it's it's more geared toward competitive shooting and more geared in towards handgun shooting. So with That's what's right. going with what's going on, obviously this the hateful government we have and the new restrictions coming into place. Where does that leave a store like yours that has been catering to the hand like competitive handgun world? <sighs> Well, we're in a, we're definitely in a transition situation. Um, I uh, um, the reason I targeted the business that way is because it's what I know. Um, I I'm not a hunter, so I don't know stuff about hunting. So bringing in hunting firearms kind of leaves me lacking in in the chance to offer any customer service on that. So we stuck to the competition stuff. Now with the uh, with the stopping of importing handguns and that is so sad too, because I mean, <laughs> you see the bull. This year was bull's year. The stuff I was going to bring in from bull, we had multiple shipments planned. Um, they, you know, the Canadian market loves those guns. They were a fantastic gun for a great price point. Um, so, and then we <laughs> can't do it anymore. But um, the uh, um, what we're what I'll probably be doing 
right away is uh, we're expanding to take on other lines of accessories and support. Um, 120,000 handguns, at least, were sold in the first two weeks after June 1st, according to my CFO. <laughs> Last year, that was, there were only 60,000 transfers in all of Canada in 2021. So um, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there now yeah. with guns uh, that need accessories and uh, need need mm-hmm. the toys and stuff like that for them. So we're going to focus on that. Well, I mean, one of my first steps is I've been I've signed up as a dealer with uh, Double Alpha Academy. So we're going to add those into into our line, uh, all their different products. Um, there's some other stuff we're going to do. Uh, I'll probably start also importing longer guns. Um, I think I, I've got some contacts. Uh, 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 can't really say which ones they are at this point, but we'll start bringing some of them in for the import side. Naturally, we're going to keep a relationship with uh, the existing handgun manufacturers that we had. Um, Staccato, we've talked to all of them, Magnum Research. Every one of them is disappointed, of course, in you know the change in laws here, and we're hopeful that things would fall through or something like that. But um, they all intend to continue to supply me with um, this, the, the products that aren't guns. So staccato is still going to send me magazines um, and they're going to send me warranty barrels, slides, stuff like that. If there's any warranty to be done, Magnum research is going to supply me with parts for the desert Eagles um, conversion kits. So we can start changing, you know, forties to 44s to fifties or three fifty sevens, that sort of stuff. And parts, we go through a lot of desert Eagle parts. The, um, the commercial ranges really beat the crap out of those guns. Um, but they are their big bread and butter. So that, I understand it. Um, and then we're going to, uh, you know, um, bull still sending me parts and, uh, and, you know, we're going to, hopefully the last time I ordered, they didn't have any knives, but they got a really nice line of knives. We'll start selling those as well. So going to make a go of the business. We're not going to shut it down. Um, mm-hmm. my hope is to keep those, those handgun manufacturers, um, connected and everything else. I'll still see them at shot show and everything. Um, and, uh, actually I'll see 10 folio at the Pan Americans down in Florida next month. Um, but, um, the, uh, in hopes that, uh, you know, the government changes, we get the conservatives in and, uh, you know, we go back in business. Nice. Well, we got a comment from Mike saying, asking, please bring in aftermarket gen three Glock parts. <laughs> <laughs> I will try. I will try. Um, we've, 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 we have toyed with Glock stuff, um, um, and you know, I've chased SIG stuff too. So without a doubt, that's what we want. We want to be now, naturally we have Dawson right now, which has awesome sites for the Glocks. Um, and, uh, I was hoping that the bull triggers that went in the cleavers would be an option for the Glocks, but, um, mm. well, they haven't been tested enough yet. And bold isn't promising that they work great in Glocks, but yeah. it's a great trigger. So I want to, I want to yeah. see. Nice. Yeah, we all we all definitely want to see a change in government so we can all continue to keep shooting what we enjoying what we do and keeping all the businesses happy and you know. Yeah. So now, Ipsa Canada is trying extremely hard to be recognized as one of the elite athletes in the exemption for this. So, uh, with for the exemptions that they talk about in C twenty one. Yep. We are recognized by IPSC is recognized by the GAISF and AIMS, which are the two Olympic feeding organizations. They actually list all the Olympic sports under their title. And then the Olympics is the ones that they 
choose to show us. So we are, Ipsic is properly Olympic recognized and we have been for a little while. Um, it's been worked on for a better part of 20 years to get us there. So we're going, we're going to go to the senators. We're going to go to committee and explain that. Um, we've got some great partners on that. The CCFR, uh, Tracy is all for helping us get there. Um, we've talked to, uh, we, we, we actually have talked to members of the liberal caucus, um, and got some tips on how to present this. They were actually, um, liberals that, uh, are more from a rural area. So they're not exactly in sync with Trudeau. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, the best, the best partner we have on this is the shooting Federation of Canada. Sandra has been fantastic with us. Um, She mentions us in her interviews and talking to public safety and says, you know, without a doubt, she says, I, we, you know, ISSU or ISU and ISSF is, is an Olympic sport for sure. But the biggest handgun sport in this country is ipsic so um mm-hmm. it should be recognized right along with it now if we get the recognition that might help my business in fact because a lot of the guns i brought in are for ipsic so i might mm-hmm. be able to start bringing guns in again so mm-hmm. we'll see um and that'll also help out north silva and help out uh, crafm for their brands that they bring and and uh big rock and those guys because as you guys know ipsic is a very wide breadth of handgun types absolutely oh, absolutely yeah, and no, and in terms of in terms of a sport, people can laugh about the athleticism and all that. But I mean, what others? There's not too many sports where an 18 year old is competing against a 78 year old men and women, you know, in a yeah. somewhat you know level playing field. Now, of course, the open shooters uh, have a bit of an advantage, but <laughs> outside of that, um, you know, from all age groups and and males and females, everybody's competing out there and having a good time and can't say that about every sport out there right so yeah we had a liberal mp actually at the uh during uh, it come for a tour during the uh pre-shoot um who was uh he's very sports oriented and he was he, he had some good things to say to us and um i you know he did say that unfortunately there's no way that the liberals would break rank but um <laughs> it was good to have him there and uh and uh see what we actually do um uh, he enjoyed it, and he was um, he was it was pretty good. Now we kept him quiet. We didn't want to tell anybody that it was, who it was that was there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to start a riot. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, smart. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, the the nice thing about it was in the end was it was it was reassuring to hear someone say from that the other side say you know th- they get it they they don't really have a problem with us but. We all know that it's a dictatorship, yeah. so you know, yeah. fall in line yeah. or get kicked out. Yeah, pretty yeah, they're, much, yeah. Yeah, they're not allowed to have their own thoughts when it comes to to firearms, right? So no, no. Well, back on the Epsic thing, I remember a while ago. I think it was on a YouTube or one of our Facebook posts. We had a question, and I couldn't answer it at the time, but maybe you can, Sean. What goes into deciding whether a certain manufactured pistol is legal for production? Well, that's easy. I actually was for a little while on the IPSC uh, production committee. Um, uh, so what happens is uh, IPSC either finds out about the firearm, either by the manufacturer or somebody coming to them and saying, there's this new gun out. Um, and what they do is they check it out at SHOT Show and at IWA. So 
the gun, um, you show up at shot show and they actually, someone from IPSC's executive council, um, or from, um, or from the production committee they used to have, um, handles the firearm, checks it out to make sure that it meets all the criteria that the rule book says. Then the gun is suggested to be added to the list and the list comes out the end of, uh, it's like a week or two after IWA in, which is in March. So, um, that's how it's supposed to work. You know, with COVID shot, get killed, Iwa got killed. So, uh, um, you know, they were, they were adding guns kind of here and there as they heard about them and thought they were good. Um, so we'll get, they'll probably get back to the normal system next year. But what would be the actual criteria for a gun to be like, we know that it's got to be on the list, but for it to actually make the list, what would be the criteria that that gun would have to meet? It's kind of outlined in the rule book, but um, what it is is the barrel has to be less than five inches. So um, it has to be either a double single or a striker fire firearm. No single actions. They're specifically banned. Um, they can't have a magwell, which of course caused some confusion with uh, the X, the X fives, which had a magwell. So then, so initially they weren't allowed in, but then later they said, so long as you take the magwell off, mm-hmm. you're good to go. It can get in. Um, the and that was really the primary criteria um there was uh uh there was an argument in france at the world shoots when when they introduced production optics light um that Mm. we weren't seeing enough participation by the striker fired guns and uh that was the goal of production optics light to see those striker fired guns get in there or they that were on the list being used more often but they also changed the rules on what we could do to the trigger groups and once people started changing the trigger groups on the striker fire guns, um, they became much more competitive and we started seeing those in and nobody ever actually, you know, um, the, this year they're going to kill production optics light. It's, it's not getting enough participation to bother. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it for the production gun. Um, a long time ago, there was chats about how many are manufactured, but the truth is, uh, that's very hard to actually get the truth out of the manufacturer. Um, how many, if they want the gun on the list, sure. They're going to say they're going to make 500 of them. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was more about making sure the gun was a consistent gun and everything else. Production was born in 99 in Cebu in the Philippines at that general assembly. And the region, the um, president of Ipsic at the time, he had rightly pointed out that at the only guns we had in the sport, because all we had was standard and open at the time, were um, single action. They were either 2011 or some kind of version of a Para or Caspian, um, and maybe and and ten polio CZs, and that was it. Like that's all we would see on all the ranges. So we needed. Um, we were missing out on so many other brands, the Berettas and the Glocks and all these others. Um, that production would then open up to it. Um, at the same time, they wanted to bring in a, gun, a division that was only nine millimeters so that it would be easier when you travel to have access to ammunition. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a nightmare for, for open shooters to find 38 super somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Um, and you can only travel with, you know, five kilograms in your luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the other goal. Believe it or not, initially the uh, proposal for production was to have it as limited to 10 rounds. Um, Mm -hmm. and the argument with the time was, um, they wanted to, uh, require people to do reloads because at the time the open 
division limitation was um, at, at 170 millimeters was holding 29 rounds and the maximum um, round count for a long course at the time was 28. So Eric Grafell was able to shoot the world shoot in the Philippines and not do one reload. Oh, geez. Which <laughs> is, you know, reloading is kind of a fundamental of, of, of the, of a sport of our skill set, Right. So we have yeah. to be able to do it and have to be able to test it. Anyway, the Australians shot it down. This is, this is quite ironic. They shot it down arguing that if it was in the rules, then, uh, then we would see governments require us to not, not allow us to have high cap mags. And it was only about three years later that the Australians wound up losing their high cap mags. Mm. <laughs> so <Yeah>. sadly ironic. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Um, are we going to see any other um, major rule changes coming up over the next little while? I've, I've had a little peek of them being on the continental continental council with uh, Ipsic. And uh, there's nothing really major coming through this uh, through the through this time, um, you know, just just minor housekeeping stuff. Um, uh, nothing that's going to change our sport in any possible way, really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Canada is actually in the process right now. We've been given our 30 days uh, notice of the General Assembly's agenda for Thailand. Uh, so Ipsa Canada, our, our board is currently discussing any possible rule changes we want to put forward. Um, so uh, we're trying to see if there's anything that we can think of that we've had an issue with. One thing I have an issue with, and I would love to see changed, is the price of arbitrations. Mm. They were they were a hundred dollars thirty years ago. There's a hundred dollars meant a lot more to put up thirty years ago <laughs> than it does today. <laughs> So, yeah. I know. so with that, are you seeing a lot of people putting up the hundred bucks for arbitration then, or we, we didn't see any at this nationals. Um, no. but if we go back a couple of years ago, yeah, there were, there were, there were quite a few, um, the, fortunately the range masters would stand their ground and say, that's not an arbitrator. You really don't have any grounds to arbitrate on this. So here's your money back. Um, but <laughs> it, it was, uh, it, it was getting a little, it was, yeah. I've seen a lot more arbitrations than we did, you know, 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, teams come to the teams come to the nationals with the money guaranteed for their arbitrations. So mm. they're, 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 you know, if something goes wrong, they're ready to do it. And if you think about it, you know, you've traveled to a, a major match someplace. You've spent a lot of money to get there. You get DQ'd, you know, what's a hundred bucks mm. to try and keep going. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess well, like, even the competitiveness of the sport over the last 15, 20 years probably plays into that as well. It certainly does. It certainly does. Yeah. Kyle, did you have anything else for, uh, for Sean? Uh, no, I wish I was there at uh national so I could have taken in what I'm hearing was an excellent match, but, uh, uh, you know, Looking forward to seeing, hopefully, some shotgun take off here and, and that, because that's definitely my passion, but I'd still like the handgun stuff. So You love your shotguns, oh. don't you? <laughs> I do. It's it's easy because it's the one I'm the best at, so I, it's easy to <laughs> like it. <laughs> I, I came back from the uh, shotgun nationals, and I sent my Typhoon off immediately to uh, tactical ordinance to tune up and have everything done. 
and uh, it arrived back here on my doorstep one week before they announced the OIC. Oh man, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, ne- I never even got to try it. <laughs> yeah, ouch. Wow. Yeah, that shotgun nationals was fantastic, and I really do hope our guys are able to put on some more of them. Yeah, absolutely. I I was at that match, and it was an incredible match. I loved every minute of it. Uh, I was blown away by the you know um, the no shoot plates and having to know yeah. what your hold off is for the choke that you choose, and yeah. you know, the, there's so much to be thinking of. At the, at the, there's there's so much oh, yeah. thought involved in it. It's really I, cool. I came back from that, and I don't think I shot two stages with back to back with the same choke in. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the tight no shoots that that was that was wild. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's that's all the kind of questions I had. So, no. Yeah, we've uh, covered some good stuff. Uh, before we let you go, uh, let us know how people can find you and find your store and and find Ipsic information as well. Sure. Um, for Ipsic, uh, IPSC Canada's website is www.ipsc-canada.org. Um, and from there, you can find links to all the sections, websites. Uh, if you want to be involved in IPSC, you got to take the black badge. And once you talk to our sections, the sections can provide that for you, get you in and get you trained, start having fun with us. Um, for Freedom Ventures, www.freedomventures.ca is my business. Um, uh, pop to the website or give us a call at our office, 902 455 5483. And Ricky, be happy to chat with you. Um, we don't answer the phone for the first couple hours of the day, just so we can catch up on the online orders um, and uh, have all that working. Um, hi, Trevor. <laughs> 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 and uh, we uh, and uh, yeah, and that's how you get hold of us. Um, email sales at freedomventures.ca. You know, we're one of the major, we've always been since the start of Gun Nuts, uh, one of the major banners at the top of Gun Nuts' uh, Canadian Gun Nuts' forums. Um, so you can, you know, you can hit the link there or go, we have our own section in there where we list whatever we have and put advertising. So easy to get hold of us. Absolutely. Um, and are we at the end of the import cycle i guess for handguns is this really is the well run dry at this point it has for me i'm i've seen a few dealers uh, that have recently received some shipments from north silva so it looks like they managed to get some stuff in the very last couple of days um i was trying to get a staccato shipment in that last week but mm-hmm. <laughs> they just couldn't get it out fast enough um it uh i i'm 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 done with handguns for now but um, we'll be back into it as soon as we possibly can. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're still carrying the parts for him though. Oh yeah. Tons of parts, yeah. tons of parts. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if I, 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 wow. EGW cylinder and slide Henning. Um, uh, let's see. Red Hill tactical, uh, CR speed. We, uh, you know, Dawson precision, um, uh, uh, Wolf gun springs, uh, uh, KKM barrels with, you know, we we do it all, <laughs> all we possibly yeah. can anyway. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's definitely a great store. So, yep, yeah, cool. So, thanks so much for your time. It's uh, it's been great going over everything, Ipsic and uh, the Nationals and and your business and current situation. Hopefully, better future situation for all of us. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, guys. It was really, I really appreciate you putting me on. It was great talking to you. Um, awesome interview. Yeah, thank you. Good talking to you again, too, Sean. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Thanks again to Sean Hansen for coming on to talk about the IPSC Nationals, all the goings on with IPSC Canada and his business and what's to come for him and, you know, the future of farms. We'll get into listener feedback. Uh, do we have a... Uh, we had one We had one email. Uh, Josh V sent an email. I won't read it, but he was suggesting a... Uh, potential topics so maybe look to the future we might cover he's actually done a couple now suggesting topics so good might cover them in the future there was one on the uh the springfield decision court of appeal did you guys cover that earlier i don't i emailed it in um i'll read it it's from joel he emailed it to me uh, as uh, Slamfire Radio and its listeners were instrumental in our fight against government overreach, just wanted to let you know the latest news on Springfield Sports Club versus the New Brunswick uh, CFO court action. As you know, the CFO appealed the initial decision, which we won in provincial court. So it went to the court of Queen's bench, where we just won again. I've attached a copy of the official de- decision, which we received today. Now we have to wait and see if the New Brunswick CFO tries to appeal to the Supreme Court. Fingers crossed they'll have enough common sense to let the decision stand. Uh, as you will see in the attached email, Ian Runkle will be doing a podcast, also share the good news with his audience, many of whom also listen to Slam Fire. Uh, our fight is and was for all the law-abiding gun owners and rages across the country, and we're certainly grateful for the outpouring of support we've received from the community. Yep. Fantastic. Excellent. That's awesome, because that, that does set precedent then. so Yeah. Positive precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, we'd love to get your letters and read them on air. Uh, at, you can do so at slamfireradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so through Patreon. Uh, you can find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash slamfireradio. We'd appreciate the support. We we have any shout outs, uh, Kyle? Or I do. I'd like to shout out my hunting buddy, Nick, for, you know, even though his body was screwed up, helping me out with the bear and got her done up and out. So. Cool. Hey, Joe. Nothing for me. Yeah, nothing for me as well. Um, Check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Give us a review on Facebook. Join the CCFR, which is more and more important every day. And uh, see you next week. Later, everyone. Good night, Kelly. Later. Later. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.